Episode 61. This is a show all about Pokemon's video game championship series. I am your host, Steven Moyoka, and I am here with Alex Underhill. Heyo, it's me. That's right, Alex is here, as always, and now we've got a variety of, a uh, lot of fun topics to talk about today, but I'd like to just kick it off by, you know, we've started the 2020 season here, still playing in 2019 Ultra Series for the, uh, video game championships here and uh alex you were at some of the chicago area local tournaments over the weekend uh you were at a mid-season showdown recently i just wanted you to uh talk about your experience there you know how you did and just some other general topics uh, about that yeah so we had a couple of locals over the weekend not the first for chicago though i think we had some over the last weekend but i actually just forgot like i totally could have gone i just didn't check and keep up with the times but we had like a premiere challenge last weekend um but the most recent weekend we had we had even more stuff um and like you know events have started already for this season a lot of people have already played in pcs there was some like the first like sunday of september like the very first of september i believe was that what it was yes very first weekend of september and like a lot of regions have had a various of their own events sprinkled throughout these uh first few weekends already so yeah you're right but my season started just this past weekend. Um, I didn't go to any of the Saturday PCs that were a little bit closer just because I wanted to throw discs. Throw disc golf discs. But uh, So instead I went to the midseason over in Rockford, way away from uh, the Chicago area. But uh, played in the midseason. There was also a PC afterwards, which I just did not play in because um, it was just best of one. And I wasn't feeling it. Um, I ended up getting top four in the PC, going 5-0 and in Swiss, and then making it into top four. We uh, had the classic... You met the mid-season, that... right? Oh, yes. Yeah, because you had the, mid- just... the mid-season was first that Sunday? Yes, yes, yes. I might have misspoken. Um, so, yeah, we had that classic, you know, if you're between 17 and 23 players, or 17 to 23 players... Um, you can fall into that bubble where you have a top eight cut, but only top four CP. We had 19, mm-hmm. so we were in that range, um, which meant I had to win my top eight match um, to make it into points. Um, I played against Diana, who was my first round matchup uh, in the top eight, and I was able to beat her again um, to lock down the points before losing in top four to Joseph Ugarte, I believe is how you say his name. Um, who is a somewhat new player to our region. He's, uh, like, you would know if you were there, Steven. You were supposed to be there. It's one of the reasons yeah, sure, I went sure. to this. This is one of the reasons I went to this thing, is I was, like, thinking you might be there. But, yeah, Joe's uh, going to be new to our region, going to be hanging out at our locals because he is going to school in the area. So that's kind of fun. Oh, otherwise okay, cool. He was, otherwise, he was, like, a, I think he said he was, like, a New York, New Jersey player. Um, but he'll gotcha. be... Gotcha. I was wondering why his name kept popping up around here. Well, yeah, I was like, he is not a Chicago player, but now he will be. 
Um, we also had Keith Boone, who ended up winning the whole event, coming down from Madison, Wisconsin area. Um, he, um, kind of like how Justin Krubaugh used to like come down, he just made the drive. He was actually closer to the event than I was because of how close we are to Wisconsin here in Chicago. So it was uh, quick, um, quick for him to come to our that event. So we'll be probably seeing him at more locals too. Um, he ended up winning the whole thing with. Kangtorn, like the earliest version of Kangtorn, and uh, I, I gotta say, like respect to Keith because he is a very strong player, but uh, a little bit of a disappointment in our Chicago region because come on, guys, this is like a really old team, really popular, common team, Kangtorn, <laughs> and we really need to be better than this. We need to be prepared, Keith. Uh, Go went undefeated, uh, winning the tournament. Besides uh, losing to me in the final round of Swiss, but uh, I won't lie, he didn't exactly put his all into it because we were both guaranteed cut. So yeah, uh, like this is just it's like big six, you know, back in like 2016 or like fake PG or like all those common teams that we've seen over the years that it's just like. You shouldn't be losing to this. No, no disrespect to uh, Keith, or you know, he he played very strong. Uh, it's just. Uh, so I mean, I, just, I mean the the Kangaskhan Tornadoes team. It's it's. I would say it's been a common team throughout Ultra Series so far. I wouldn't say it's quite as uh, comparable to the uh, level of difficulty as Big Six would have been in 2016, or like how good it was. But mm-hmm. uh, yes, just really quick, yes. the the team members would be uh, Xerneas, Groudon, Kangaskhan Tornadoes, Mawile, and Komao. Like those are the standard for that archetype. Yeah, yeah. At this point, uh, Mawile has been subbed for just about every other Pokemon in the uh, Sun and Moon decks, but uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that was one of the ones that started it with uh, Kyle Livinghouse. He had Mawile in his original version, so uh, since then we see like Incineroar, Smeargle, uh, Koko, all kinds of things in that last slot just, uh, gotcha. just because it's a 4 Wait, what did Keith team. have then? He had Mawile. Did he have the standard six? Yeah, he had them all. Okay, while, he did the have them all. While. Cool. Yes, yeah. No Incineroar or anything, which is like the one that we see a lot on the team. And he did have Como, which a lot of people have been dropping as well. Um, which I, I got to experience some fun things like uh, Mawile going for Fairy Aura boosted Play Rough. Um, <laughs> I was like, a, it, it just did way too much damage, even to like my Solgaleo that resists it and is a restricted legendary. And I was just like, what is this? This is absurd. But it was kind of fun. Uh, seeing cool little combos like that, interesting little bits of synergy you don't get to see often. Uh, anyway, yeah. So you yeah. picked up some points. Um, you know, clawing your way into the world's day one. So, uh, making your way there. How many did you get? Like, what? What's the number value you're at for top four? Thirty-two. I want to say. Hey, that's that's a that's a decently sized chunk there. So nice work. Yeah, nearly ten percent of the way there. I believe is how the math works out. Yeah, that I think that checks out, right? So <laughs> it's nearly, not quite. Anyway, you know we're gonna be uh, moving to Sword and Shield, uh, the systems or the games in the system, the Switch in the future. But um, one thing that I know you want to talk about here is just uh, the systems we're playing on. So do you want to elaborate on you know just the 3DS, the new new Nintendo 3DS, uh, as well as the older 3DS versions and maybe the 2DS versions? Uh, just you know all these systems are playing on, you know, what are some issues you've noticed? Yeah. So one thing that, uh, is very interesting about VGC at the point that we're at is that there are so many systems you can play on. 
with the new 2DS being, I think, the most recent version. We've also got the new 3DS, your standard 3DS XL, your, you know, we've got the 2DS, and then there's the old boxy 3DSs, the Gen 1 ones, you know, the first instances. The originals. The originals, and those are still, everything's still playable. You know, you can use any of those in tournament. However, yes. uh, there are some side effects, um, and uh, I want to plug, uh, I can't plug our Twitter because I can't remember it, but uh, Fiona, the Canadian player, uh, Yoshi Lugia? Something like that. I saw her tweet about this, just talking about how crazy it is in Ultra when uh, you're playing on a really old system versus somebody with a new system, and I can relate to this personally from just playing against Trevor Rosberg at our locals over the weekend. Uh, he had a 2DS, and I was playing on my new 3DS. And in our game three, uh, he missed a Presbus Blades to kind of cost him the game three. I, I I won't lie, I got a little bit of the luck there. And uh-huh. I I knew this before, well before he did. I was like, oh, nice, I missed, like it missed, I, I win the game now. And he was like, he was like, wait, 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 why are you so excited? And he had to wait like another 10, 15 seconds to see you did in fact miss that precipice play. It's like, and it's just crazy to me how much of a difference there is uh, in the time that it takes to display these animations and such. Um, it really makes like a decent impact on the game. Yeah, I can I can see that being extremely awkward. Like, uh, I guess uh, I guess emotionally it impacts you and the players, but uh, in the end, like ultimately it doesn't matter. But it is a very no, awkward no. situation to be in. One small thing is it does give both players more thinking time per turn, but it gives the player with the new 3DS more time to process the information. You know, if you're less of a reactive player, if you're more of a Stephen Morioka poker face kind of player, you can uh-huh. have this. You can that's, have this that's extra accurate. like. This extra 10, 15 seconds of uh, thinking time on what actually happened on the turn while your DS is just waiting for them to catch up. Aha, uh-huh, I see. Yeah, I just I just try to keep my composure, that's all. Uh, no, I'm not calling you out. I think it's actually a very respectable and smart way to go about things. I just, uh, I'm emotional and I also like to talk to my friends sometimes. So, you know, Steven, don't, don't be afraid to talk to your friends during the match, okay? Also, some people probably hate me for that. Some people, like, I know that's something we need to talk about if we haven't already talked about it on the show is talking during the match and see how people feel about that. But, yeah, we'll talk about that some other time. But I think with us... Nobody nobody is allowed to get chatty during games. Uh, What is it? Even, uh, I know Gavin, whenever I play Gavin, like, he tends to, like, he tends to talk to me a lot during games. And then, you know, so normally, you know, I'm not very responsive, but then when we played at uh, the International this a uh, few months ago at the NAIC, I was, uh, I was being very uh, responsive to him this at this point. That's it was very odd. so out of character. So just, out of character. Just a, just a funny story. Um, but anyway, you were saying something? Go on. Yeah, yeah. Just so I think this problem will be pretty much gone with Sword and Shield. Um, you know, there are three versions of Switches out now, I want to say, or at least on the way. You know, we've got the Switch Lite, the Nintendo Switch, and the the Switch, like, with extra battery. And I think that's all it is. And uh, we talked about this a bit off mic, Stephen, but you confirmed that they all have the same processing power, I think. I think they do. If, if anything, they're going to be very, very similar. So there's not going to be anything like what you just described from the new 3DSs to some of the older versions or the 2DS. Um, yeah, but like you were saying, uh, with, in like, if you, the Switch Lite is one thing, you have your, 
the original Switch, which has like a, a shorter battery life, and then you have the newer versions of still the original Switch. It's still the same old system. It just has longer battery life. And if you are like still, if you're still on the market looking for a brand new Switch like that, uh, make sure you look for the ones that have the red boxes. So, so those are the newer versions with the longer battery life. Just a quick plug for that. Whoa, little tips that I didn't even know. Cool. Oh, wow. Okay. What? This isn't common news, is it? Oh, man. You guys all have to tell me. I thought it was. Never mind. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just really up on my Nintendo things. That's all. And so we'll probably see this a little bit more standardized and going away with Sword and Shield. I was going to say that our animations won't be as drastic because, you know... A lot of this stems from us playing in a restricted format with Megas, Z-moves, and the whole shebang, and just a lot going on in the field, making it so that the game is going to have to work a lot harder to represent everything going on. However, we will be seeing the introduction of Dynamax, and I'm uh, unsure as to how the Switch will be able to handle that exactly. I'm sure Nintendo is working on that, and you know we'll at least all be on the same level. You won't be a very drastic uh, difference in power versus uh, like processing power versus the two systems being paired up against each other. Yeah, and that level is going to be level fifty. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I did. I didn't say processing power until the end. So if I did, just keep it at power. Uh, so something else uh, uh, but, that happened yeah, over I the see, weekend. I see. I see what you're saying. Like everyone should be uh, at the relatively the same pace in what's going on in the game. So there's no lag time, which is kind of odd to say in in a real life tournament. Yes. And so, uh, Stephen, over the weekend, uh, actually on Sunday, it was like all the buzz on Twitter and even at the uh, tournament that I was at the midseason. Everyone was talking about uh, the anime, the Pokemon anime. And um, while since this is kind of off topic for us and not something that we ever really talk about, um, I we will say Pokemon anime spoilers ahead. And this is all... Stuff that has happened only in yeah. the... That's a very good idea. <laughs> the Japanese version of the uh, show right now, like, it has not been dubbed and released in, you know, America, in English and other languages and such. But, you know, for the people that follow it uh, in Japanese and whatnot, uh, that has come out. And apparently the finals of the Alola League happened and it was ash versus gladian and ash actually managed to win his first ever league in the i think it's 22 years that the show has been running yeah uh i looked up the you know, some of the history of the anime and the original the very first episode aired in japan on april 1st 1997 um i didn't come over to uh the united states until 1999 i don't know the date on that but um that april 1st date is not an april fool's joke so that is the actual release date in japan but you know it's really cool because it's been like 22 years over a thousand episodes and ash had always struggled with the uh you know league championships right so you know he has this there are a lot of these graphics going around with him uh essentially showing you know where he finished right so Let's just run through this really quick because this won't take that long. But uh, in the Kanto region, he finished in the top 16. In Johto, he finished in top 8. In Hoenn, it was also top 8. In Sinnoh, he finished in top 4. Unova was top 8. He was the runner-up in the Kalos uh, League. And like we just, Alex just mentioned, Ash finally won the Alola League, which is really cool. Like, that's super exciting. Like, there have been, there have been news stories coming all over from... Uh, a lot of news outlets, you wouldn't expect it, right? So I've been seeing stuff from uh, CNN, BBC, and, you know, other... Sports uh, Center. Spor 
yeah, sports outlets as well as just like uh, other other places as well, which you wouldn't expect it, which is kind of surprising. That's really, really, really fascinating. My whole Twitter feed, every single person that I follow from every different like background game and everything, we're talking about it. And not just for like an hour, like it was just the whole day. And I feel like I think people are even talking about it still today as we are recording this. Um, it's just it's crazy, like how much excitement and talk about it is even for like. Like, it's not even so much about the episode, you know, because, like, I mean, it is scripted and stuff like that, you know, like, they wrote this in, but people are just talking about the fact that it took this long, you know, people aren't even talking about what happened, it's just the fact that Ash is now finally a champion. Yeah, he's had quite a journey these last uh, 22 years or 20 years, however you'd like to consider that. Um, So, it's been, it's just really, uh, I love seeing this because, you know, there's just all these motivational pieces going around of being like, hey, Ash never gave up. He kept going uh, until eventually he won. And, you know, this leads to a lot of speculation as to what happens to Ash in the uh, next anime coming up for Sword and Shield, right? Uh, for the uh, Galar region. Um, mm-hmm. There have been a lot of rumors that they're going to be incorporating multiple regions into that anime. Um, what's going to happen to Ash uh, for it? And I think they're also like, statements that have been said by some of the uh, producers of the show saying like oh yeah once uh, ash has won uh a le- once has once ash has become a league champion that he was essentially going to be kind of written off the show or something i mean i don't i don't really see that happening but it's uh, just kind of scary to think about no i mean i thought about it a little bit myself like it kind of makes canonical sense you know the alola league i believe it follows the games in that there was no alola champion they established the leagues and now the oh yeah just like the the first ever just like in the game exactly and so ash is the first ever champion and now he will have to defend himself as the champion so if he gets a challenge that's a really good point yeah he may need to stick around in alola as you know that region's champion that's a good point they can easily like figure out how to write that out you know he gets beaten very quickly or whatnot or they time travel fast forward i mean ash is quite the time traveler himself considering he hasn't aged in all these years but they they can you know they could write it however they want and make it work that way you know but it's just interesting to think about um what it's gonna be yeah, like in the future true. for him like if you think about when he uh episode one he was 10 years old if you actually go by actual time right now he'd be 32 so good on him he finally won he did it um, he looks great for 32 yeah, of course. Um, still, like, still pretty fashionable. Now, before we move on to kind of a VGC related topics about this, I just wanted to ask you, what's your opinion been on Ash? Uh, just huh. over over the time you've known him as a character, what do you think about him? Huh. I, I feel like this is just because you have something more to say, but I've got nothing. I mean, I watched the show quite a bit. Um, I watched like. A lot of it growing up, and then I watched like more recently, I uh, all the way through like Johto, and uh huh, I I think like Ash as a character is uh pretty cool because like he he's like this you know the stubborn protagonist, but he's at least like matured a good deal. I think it's a little bit silly to see as he goes season by season to just kind of regress all of that that he's uh learned uh, when he enters a new region. But, I mean, it's been fun yeah, to follow the same points. character. It's been fun to follow the same character through every, like, you know, every iteration of the game. Yeah, and those are, like, always the common arguments people can use against him 
as a, a you know against people liking him as a character because you know he's immature he always regresses every region he goes to when the the show essentially needs to reset um and also just like you know very little character development uh with all that but you know he's a 10 year old kid and you know he needs to play and it's still a show uh for you know generally geared towards children so i think you got to understand that uh i just wanted to ask you what you thought about ash because i really like ash as a character Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people over the years are, are going to rag on him a lot, mainly because um, of all those things we mentioned. Plus, like, you just you just hate the way he, uh, you know, he forgets a lot of, like, type things or just general basic things about Pokemon. And I don't know. I just really liked him because, yeah, he was a staple of the show. He uh, persevered. And you can really see see this just going through um all these leagues that he didn't give up and it wasn't it's not like uh this is so strange to talk about but it's not like it was his choice it was the writer's choice that this is things are gonna, they're gonna make him do but do you think about just him as a character um it's really cool to finally see him win this but i really like i really like ash always have and it was always you know silly to talk about liking him as a character because not many other people did I think one thing that's really exciting, uh, just watching the show um, for Ash is like just seeing what team he gets at the end of every generation or whatever mm-hmm. he's taking on these leagues. Um, that's something I looked into a lot today. Uh, was I just and I, like on YouTube today? I also watched uh, his match versus Paul in the Sinnoh League because I just know that's a really cool match to watch. Oh um, yes, it is the because uh, Paul originally had. That Chimchar that Ash eventually gets, who becomes an Infernape, and then like, because um, Paul was a very, uh, what's the word here? Like, uh, he wasn't the kindest of trainers. So in no, the show, and I was actually talking to my friend about this, and it's like at work today. It's just that's kind of what I liked about him is that uh, Gary was you know the evil protagonist during his time, and then was nice later. And Paul yeah. was really just like a really hateable, uh, I said protagonist, but the antagonist, um, you know, a rival. He was, he was a rival worth rooting against. Whereas like a lot of the more recent Pokemon games. And, uh, I think the show kind of, uh, just has these like rivals, these frenemies, you know, like, ah, oh, we're just, you know, in it for the competition. You know, you're, I, I just like to have like, you know, somebody who, has makes questionable maybe bad decisions so that you really have a reason to root for Ash and it's not just like a more like friends versus friends thing it's like good versus evil like let's really root for Ash to come out on top yeah Paul came out of Paul in the Sinnoh region kind of came out of nowhere because he wasn't a character in the game a lot of people attribute that this is what um red or not red um what is it silver is that right no whoever the rival was in gold and silver um, would have been that character in the anime, but they had to move him over to Sinnoh because uh, Gary was still around for the Johto mm. part of this show. He does seem to have a very similar, like, yeah, I agree, I agree. He, he, he they act very similar, a lot of similar personality traits. I'm very embarrassed that I don't know like the the character or the color or element name. I mean, like. Can you name every in-game character by their real names? Like, do you know the main character in Black and White? I think it's Callum, something like that. Callum, or I think sure. You know, like Sharon? the protagonist. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but that's enough about the anime. We've uh, talked plenty about it, and that is not at all our uh, our focus. So um, yeah, our, our usual run of things, right? But 
it was a it was really neat to kind of make this comparison because Ash uh Ash's goal since the beginning of the show is I want to be a Pokemon master, right? So in many ways, based on how he just won the Alola League, he has achieved this. So I wanted to bring up the question for the both of us here. You know, essentially, what is our ultimate goal playing VGC in this game? So Alex, what is your ultimate goal here? Uh, so when we talked about this and like when I saw this question posed, I can't say I have too um, creative of an answer other than, you know, like to strive to become the world champion, you know, but I think it yeah, just be, I don't, I don't think you need to be any more creative than that. Like it can be, you know, very, as simple as that. Yeah. Like, you know, a while back when I started, it just, you know, I like my goal has grown as I have grown as a player, you know, like I started out uh, in the 2015 season or the 2014 season. I was not even able to cut any, premier challenges or locals or anything and the first ever event i was able to cut was the 2015 national and you know i you know that was just such a crazy crazy tournament to me and i went on to you know be able to cut another regional and then win a regional and from there like you know my goals have just been constantly setting them higher and higher you know when i cut national i was like cut nationals i was like you know maybe i want to like win an event now you know so i won i went out and i won a regional eventually and now when you win regionals i guess the next step would be nationals or at this point internationals but i think we all kind of just dream about being uh a world champion like i i if you're not really a vgc player if you haven't you know thought about the things you would say during like an interview, you know or like you know if i was up there if i like how would i do it how would i you know yeah, what would your response be? What would I what would I be like if I was the world champion? How would you, know? you react as well? Yeah, exactly. You know, and like it's it's always like fun to like think about it cuz like you see, you know, these various like pop-offs like, you know, some players get really emotional, some people get like, you know, like you know, they they break down or they like they pop off. Um, you know, you think about like what would I do? Would I be able to like just, you know, remain calm and composed or would I freak out or like, you know, what would I say? And yeah, it's just really cool to, like, think about all those things. And that's, like, it's not what motivates me to be a world champion, but it's just one of those things that, like, keeps me going. Is like, you, you want to be able to reach that point to experience what that's like. Yeah, I think that's just the dream for almost every single player out there is to win worlds. And, you know, you just envision yourself, you know, how am I going to react to winning? Am I going to start crying? Am I going to celebrate a lot? Am I going to be throwing things all over the place after I win? Am I going to dance on the stage? Am I going to celebrate, um, you know, for the cameras and everything? Um, or am I going to be really gracious and, you know, have my opponent, you know, come hang out and rejoice in our, you know, making it to finals together and all that. So always something to think about. Um, to answer this question myself, you know, what what's my goal in the game is, yes, I want to win Worlds, but like, the biggest thing that still drives me is I want to win. I wanted to win a uh, national championship, and this would have been uh, before we switch over to international. So in uh, modern terms now, I would like to win an international. I would be fine with any of the four. Uh, specifically, though, I would want to win the uh, NAIC, so the North America one, uh, mainly because I just want to match my brother's title from 2010, and he won the U.S. one here, so that would, you know, the uh, analog would be the naic at this point but that's just something i've always wanted to do is just match that and it's still 
drives me nuts because I've had opportunities in the past and could not seal the deal. Yeah, and so uh, before we do get into that, Stephen, I wanted to ask you one quick thing, and that was uh, for times that we did seal the deal. You know, we both are regional champions, and uh, just kind of going along the like, clinging to that idea that Ash has now won the Alola League. Um, what was it like for you when you finally won your first major, when you won a regional? Honestly, it was mostly just a relief at this point, because I knew I knew kind of where my skill level was as a player, and that, you know, I had opportunities in the past to win them, because the way my regional finals played out is that I've made three of them in the past, right? And regionals, I had finished in second, second, and first in that order, and you know, just I had those opportunities in the past, and if I knew in that last one, if I did not get the, if I couldn't get the win there, it's just like, gosh, I don't know if this might happen again. And then, and you know, it that's kind of true because I have not made a regional final since then. I've top cut uh, some events since, but um, that would have been fall of 2013. So that was part of the 2014 season, but at the very tail end of uh, 2013 uh, format. Uh, yes, it was a big relief. I was very proud to have won it, and I was just like. Finally, I did it. I won, you know, a big, important tournament, something like that. A major, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I was very happy, of course. And, you know, hopefully, you know, wish to carry that success further into the uh, that season. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was a very nice win. I know, like, this is, this is a different story compared to yours with your finals because yours kind of take a different trajectory because... Um, I was uh, I was second, second, first, and yours is the opposite, which is first, first, second. Talk yeah, I guess about that's that true. a little bit. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, so my first regional win was my second regional cut. Yeah, I believe so. I got I cut Collinsville the year before, and then that year I cut it again, but this time it was top sixteen. So a much, uh, I want to say much steeper climb. I mean, it is one more round. It was also a nine round tournament, so. Uh, did we play nine rounds in 2016? Who knows? I don't remember, Stephen. Um, For which tournament was this? In uh, Collinsville in 2016. When we both cut together. Collinsville 2016. I believe that was eight rounds. I want to say it was eight and that we had to go X and one. I believe we were seven and one boys. And uh, funny story about that tournament. Stephen and I were at the same record like the entire tournament, but never played each other. And I kept waiting yeah, for it to happen. Yeah, that's true. Because we both are not. Yeah. Uh, at, at some point very early, we were both at one and one. Exactly. And then, yeah, we just uh, kept climbing in that tier, but uh, somehow avoided each other. And Alex, uh, I know you've talked about this before, but you were uh, hoping to kind of like draw me because you had a favorable matchup. I had a Dialga and you had Ray Ogre. And I was like, yeah, like, Steven's my friend, but he also would get kind of beat down. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,. Yeah, so uh, funny that you remembered that detail because I didn't even remember it. But if I uh, did look back at our teams, of course, you know, that's what Dialga was for. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I got top 16 uh, or I, you know, top cut the uh, Collinsville Regional in 2017 and went on to win it after winning four in a row uh, against Carson Confer, John Hu, Nick Navarre and Justin Burns, all very, very respectable names. So I was just kind of in shock um and uh the defining moment for me was um like I, finals kind of came and went relatively quickly it was like a 20 minute match that uh you can still find online uh because you know i've watched it a thousand times you know you gotta you know 
pat yourself on the back a bit. <laughs> um, and yeah, I was I was backstage walking over to get interviewed, and they, you know, it wasn't my time yet. They were still wrapping up. You know, the commentators were going to say their last little bit, have one of them step off and welcome me on. And during that, I just kind of was left to stand and like by myself in this one spot. So I just kind of like, I don't know, took a moment, collected myself. And I was like, this is like, this doesn't feel real, but I'm going to like, I'm going to go sit in that chair and be interviewed for winning the tournament. And uh, you can see how nervous I was. Like I was staring directly at the camera. Like it was a really awkward interview by me. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Very funny. But um, yeah, it was just... um, as like I, I, I'm sure people have said over and over again, uh, just unbelievable, and like it just didn't feel real uh, when I had actually won that. And then a very different feeling was when I won my second one, which was uh, against um, Abe, who was a good friend of mine, and uh, it was the second time that we played in the tournament. I had beaten him relatively well the first time, so the second time, just kind of formalities, and then afterwards, you know, we both gave each other a big hug, and. Uh, yeah, then I just kind of went on, you know, went on my day. Like, I got my pictures taken and stuff like that. It, it felt really good, obviously, to win a second regional with, like, a team that I loved. But I think the first, just, you can't beat that feeling. Very true. Yeah. And like you like you were kind of mentioning, like, you, it was uh, didn't feel real. You know, anytime you win a tournament, it uh, doesn't even matter if it's a smaller one, like a Premier Challenge or a midseason. Uh, when you win in the finals there, you just think, Okay, I'm ready for my next opponent. Who's There's next? Who am, I, who am I playing next? It's like, oh wow, it's over. I won. I got like, I won the, I won that title. I won for the day. I uh, got the most points for it. It's awesome. Yeah, I think I said this in uh, when we originally talked about my Collinsville win, but it's uh, it's kind of crazy because every single person except one in a every in the, all these major tournaments, their last game is a loss. You know, the last game of the tournament. At least, I mean, if your round ends in Swiss, that is, you know. Um, right. If, yeah. if, it not, if it ends in cut, I guess. You know, for all those top cut players, every single one of them lost a game. And that is how they're leaving the tournament. So you have this kind of sour feeling like, yes, I did well, but I'm walking home with the last memory being a defeat. But you don't have a defeat when you're the champion. You know, when you win the whole event, there's nothing left. And it just doesn't feel like you've completed the tournament. Yeah, this is this is often said during the uh, the NCAA basketball tournament in March. So uh, March Madness, right? The a lot of the commentators always say that you know at the end of the, at the end of this tournament, only one team, one locker room is gonna go walk away happy. Every, everyone else is gonna be leaving in tears because you know every team will lose in the tournament except for the champion. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't exactly uh, relate, or do, uh, not relate. It doesn't uh, exactly uh, parallel Translate. to to the way we run our tournaments, but um, just a funny comparison. I thought I'd make. Now that's basically what I was going for when you know when we look at our top cuts, they are bracket style like that. But uh, I kind of steered this towards regionals. But uh, before we were transitioning over, Stephen was trying to steer this towards nationals, or at least that's where the conversation was going, um, and. Yeah, we wanted to talk a bit about some uh, national runs. You know, we've actually kind of already been... This is exactly what we were talking about. I'm looking at our notes now, so apologies for peeling you guys out <laughs> of the show. But uh, it's it's talking about what were we thinking after we were eliminated. So, uh, Stephen, you have two national runs here uh, in earlier years, and I have two national uh-huh. runs I wanted to talk about from later years. 
Why don't you go ahead and go first? Yeah, so I guess uh, I guess the conversation of with the originals can also pertain. Like, um, you know, when we took second, you know, it's not the greatest feeling. You're happy you made finals, and um, and just you just always think back to those two those finals you were in, you know, for those regionals, and mm-hmm. think what could I have done better? Is there anything more I could have done, or if I just made a different prediction or made a different move that turn could have turned out differently? I could have had another title. Steps or something. away, just yeah, steps away. Yeah. But um, one of the points uh, I want to bring up here is some of our nationals runs. So, uh, like, my two biggest ones would have been in the U.S.-United States National. Um, this is before we had the international thing yet. So mine would be a top eight in 2011 and a top eight in 2013. Um, in 2011, I lost to Wolf Glick. And in 2013, I lost to Randy Kwa. So, um, Alex, we'll talk about yours uh, and like the two important ones for you as well in a little bit, but I just want to bring up briefly here when I lost in, um, in 2011, the way you qualified for worlds was that you qualified for worlds by making top eight at the tournament. So we had a top 16 cut that year. Um, I won that first, uh, play in against Dwee Ha. It wasn't a That's play. In. It was, I, I won the, t- I won the top 16 set against Dwee Ha in, uh, yeah. three games in, uh, three games to uh, qualify for worlds. Right. So I was already happy at that point and anything thing else from there, um, as Evan Latt would put it, would be gravy. But uh yeah, I was really happy to, you know, make my first worlds in two thousand eleven and um, you know, I got beat down by Wolf pretty badly and I was just like, All right, well, I finally did it, I qualified for Worlds, so I was I was okay with it. Wolf ended up winning the whole tournament anyway, so I was just like, Wow, that's kinda cool, I lost to the champion. And then in twenty thirteen I'd lost to Randy Qua um, in that top eight. And, you know, I was upset for a good hour, probably hour plus after that happened. Just not uh, just because, like, I didn't play too well. I wish I could have done better. But the biggest thing that got to me is just like, dang it. This was this this would have been this would have been my year. This was my year. I could have done it here. Like, I don't know if this opportunity is ever going to come again. Like, did I miss did I miss this window? This was golden and I blew it. Right. And I have not made, so the, the following year, 2014, I ended up making day two of that national. So that was a, yeah, I ended up making day two where we had our first like actual day two Swiss of things for a national tournament. Um, I made that, but they didn't do too hot. I finished at two and four. So not great. Um, and, but it was really right after 2013, after losing top eight, I just felt, I felt like, wow, I I really blew this opportunity. I just don't know if this is ever going to happen again. Side tangent, uh, didn't we have like four Chicago boys make day two at that event? I feel like Evan Delegianis, Mario Serrano, and did Kamal as well make day two? Um, For 2014? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. And then you yourself, um, yeah, I think we had, like, a lot of Chicago in that uh, 2014 day two. That that was, like, a really intimidating time for me, because this was my first year, and there was just so many day two national players at my locals. Oh, man. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Reminiscing about the old Chicago. It is very different now. It's crazy to think how much it has changed since I've started. Yeah, it has, it has like, kind of changed a lot, shifted a lot. Um, the, I, like a big question I wonder is like, will sword and shield, you know, drag anybody back that we haven't seen in a long time. I hope it does. Yeah. And the new people too. I'm excited for that too. Like, 
I want to see some new players as well. I think we, we've actually already started to seeing that in many regions, which is really neat. Um, I'm just hoping for more once we really get to Sword and Shield, you know, the thing that everybody's kind of like um, eyeing, the, eyeing on right now, focusing on. Yes. And so, uh, real quick, these uh, two runs that I had was in 2015, my first ever top cut um, was the U.S. Nationals, and I ended up playing against Toler Webb, the eventual champion in that year's National, in top eight, and I, yeah, I just got kind of put down. It also left a bit of a sour taste in my mind. I had a lot of... Uh, a lot of turns where some hard reads were made against me, and it was just a little bit rough. I I also had like some mind games going in. Like Toller did know some of my sets, but I I don't know. I got into my own head, and it just uh -huh. really went south. Um, uh, like I the, I'll tell this little bit of the story, but uh, Hayden McTavish, my last round opponent in Swiss, um, he uh, I don't know being the nice guy told me that he gave my information to Toller, which is like a wait he was being nice to who both in a way mostly nice to Toller. he gave my information to Toller, but also gave me the information that Toller had my information oh i see okay so you know like information trading is a thing in the game and actually i think steven and i should do its own segment but uh you know it's expected at tournaments and so uh, you don't have you don't owe your opponent anything. You know when you play your opponent, they, they can just give the information to whoever they want and don't have to tell you anything. But he was yeah, nice enough uh, to give me that heads up. And honestly, <laughs> for better or for worse, I think it was actually a lot worse for me because I got in my own head and I was like, he knows I know, I know he knows. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, yeah, it's just going uh, all those all those prediction tears. It's like, okay, which one do I try for now? I went to level five when, you know, like some of these plays were level one or two and yep. I was just like, oh, this, and it just ended up looking really bad for me and I got put down. Um, and then in 2019, the more recent one, while I did not make the top cut, um, I just wanted to talk about this one because I got top 16 and it was a pretty emotional run because I had to get that, you know, undefeated run to make it into cut and to make, to lock my day two worlds by. And uh, I got eliminated in the, what was it, the fourth round against Jonathan Evans in a, a heartbreaker. There was, like, a bit of an information mismatch. Like, John and I work a lot together, and so uh, I, John and I both had traded uh, full information, or at least what I thought, but I didn't have the latest version of John's due to kind of a error on both our parts. Uh, him not making sure to, like, you know, give me the latest version, and me not making sure I had the latest version, so... A bit of a sour taste after that, too, where, um, uh -huh. like, that information just getting to me, um, kind of funny that it ended up happening that way. Kind of just while we're on this topic, like, once once your team's at a tournament and uh, you play against an opponent, you know, that's public information. Um, you can ask your opponent to be like, hey, could you not tell anybody about this? Um, they can do whatever they want. Like, you can say, okay, sure, or just like, sorry, um... This is, we're at a tournament now, so it's gonna be it's gonna be out there anyway. Uh, you don't you know, like you said you don't owe your opponent anything, um, but it's nice if you have you know the courtesy to you know respect them if respect them if they ask you for it. Yeah, exactly. You for know, the request, nobody, nobody owes you anything, uh, and honestly, I wouldn't even waste my time asking anybody because I know that if it's gonna you know be to their benefit or the benefit of their friends, I expect them to do it, and I will do the same. So. 
at least that's my thoughts on it. But uh, we'll have to get a guest in and, and talk about the whole information swapping part of the tournament because it is a very important part of the metagame. Yeah, any metagame, really. True, true. Now, uh, one last thing since uh, we're about to wrap up here. We wanted to keep it a bit short this week since it is a little bit uh, light on news. Um, there's this like short little story I wanted to tell uh, that I Please just do. doesn't fit. It doesn't fit anywhere. But uh, it's just kind of funny that this happened to me. So uh, I am a very big fan of Rocket League. And all through college, I put uh, a ton, a ton of hours into that, reaching nearly 1,500. And uh, big fan Wait, what does that the... mean? What does 1,500 in Rocket League mean? Oh, uh, just 15 hours. Like like 1,500 hours played on Steam. Oh, 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 wow, wow. Okay. Yeah, I play the game a lot, Steven. Um. And so, yeah, over the course of like, you know, three or four years or something like that. And I don't play as much anymore. So I just don't have the time. And like, it's a, it's a technical game that requires a lot more upkeep than Pokemon where I can just roll up to tournaments with a team and play on the knowledge I've built over the years. Uh, Rocket League is a tough, tough, ever evolving game uh, that I'm a big fan of competitively. And I wanted to try playing more seriously, but yeah, I got to a pretty good level. And the level that I was at, I was playing um, in competitive, and I, uh, so my tag on Steam was Lexicon, but I, uh, they had, like, little tags you could put before your name, and so I made mine VGC, uh, just, like, as a fun thing, and my logo was the Play Pokemon logo, just because I do believe in growing the game, even if it's just in a very silly, small way, so I had that as my logo, and then I ended up playing against somebody in uh competitive who said hey uh do you like go to tournaments for pokemon and i was like yeah yeah i do he's like so you play the video game huh and i was like yeah yeah he's <laughs> like have you ever won like a travel award and i was like and this was uh in the 2018 season so i was like yes uh i actually i have won a travel award why why do you ask about that specifically and uh, i think he also asked me like do you know wolf glick and I was like, yeah, he just beat me at Worlds. Like, what of it? Um, but he was like, I'm the guy who sends out the emails for the travel awards. And uh, this was Whoa. just so, 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 such a wild way for this to come up. Uh, so I ended up adding him. And I've actually played some games uh, with him. But uh, I have played Rocket League with the player coordinator. That's a really cool story. Like it's it's, a, super... it's just random connection that way, huh? Yeah, just uh two guys playing a different competitive game than what they're, you know, I guess mostly associated with me through playing the game and him through working for the game. Um yeah, really cool and uh I think he is in the process now of like handing his role off or he's training somebody new. The new person is I believe Jesse Hill. Uh I am not talking about Jesse Hill. I'm talking about the person before him. I cannot remember his name. Or his tag right now. I think it was something like Dragonite on Steam or something. And like, yeah, it was just really fun. Uh, I got to play some games with him. And um, yeah, I, I think I like I, I talked with him a bunch on Steam about VGC, about the whole travel awards stuff and like all kinds of things. And he was like, you know, are you going to win this next one? And I was like, yeah, like it's, it's looking good. And just talking about all kinds of stuff like that. <laughs> wow. Check this out. That's that's a. That's quite a story, you know, making connections through different games here. Yeah, and I, I don't know. That's pretty unexpected. There's no, like, lesson I want to, like, give from it, but I just think it's, like, 
worth noting that this really only happened because I had VGC and like the play Pokemon logo as my icon uh, in my name, like having VGC. I like, I don't think this would have, you know, it just makes you think of all the opportunities you might've missed because those kind of things weren't present. So, um, you know, just, you know, grow the game and you might end up meeting uh, players in other places. I don't know. It's just something silly. Uh, but yeah, just a fun little story. Yeah, I like that. I'm, I'm glad you shared that because that's, that's uh, something I never knew about in the past. So, wow, that, what a neat story. I hope, uh, I hope there are other cool ones out there like that that will eventually pop up someday. Or maybe they're just stuck in our memories somewhere. Um... I wanted to ask you one more thing about, you know, some of our bigger nationals runs. Um, so we've got internationals still coming up. Do you still think you've got one or more, uh, multiple big ones in you, you know, to go all the way, win the international? Uh, I, I think I'm definitely capable of making it happen. Uh, like it's so strange to think of where I am a year, uh, where I was a year ago compared to now. Um, like a yes, year ago, same. I was just very ready to <laughs> quit Pokemon and I had just such a negative outlook on it. And this was after my first year of snowballing and I just was so sick of the game. And even though I'm not a big fan of ultra and the fact that we're playing this again for the fall, I am still just really like into Pokemon right now. I think it just kind of fits really well into my life with how much effort I have to put into it while still seeing reasonable rewards you know i'm still able to function well at tournaments despite working a full-time job now so mm-hmm. i uh i think that if i i um, i don't want to say it's all going to be coming down to the team but i think once i just strike the perfect call uh team for a tournament uh, i could definitely see it happening you know yes what about you right, Steven? right yeah did you have it in you i think so I mean, after that 2013 one, you know, I was just like, boy, I blew it. But I know um, most of, most of my uh, poor performances these last several years uh, really have, uh, you know, I always get off the hot starts and then, you know, kind of, um, you know, the, the, the wind behind my sails just uh, dissipates. So it petered out. The wind petered out behind me. But I think I still have it in me. I just have to work hard. Um, cause I've been late, uh, come, coming like, uh, national, international times late in the season. I've just been lazy. So I think I can do it again. You know, I know, I know I can do it. I've done it in the past. And that's not to say like past results mean anything. Cause honestly, they don't, they don't really, but it's just knowing it's like, Hey, I've done this before. I can do this again. I just got to put the work in and, uh, don't be lazy. You know, you got to put in a lot of time to, get get the result you want to get uh what is it it's a phrase my dad would always say um coaching and a phrase he would just say a lot is like failing to prepare or no uh failing to prepare is preparing to fail so uh if you don't prepare you're setting yourself you're not setting yourself up for success yes and i do like that quote actually i think i think i can't remember the name of the person who actually said that, but it was a, it's a quote from, I believe a UCLA basketball coach. Um, well, to be fair, Steven, your dad did actually say it. Well, yeah, my dad said it, but he also, he also, he would know the coach who said that. Um, anyway, that's a, that is kind of a, applies to a lot of, uh, all of our VGC players as well. So I hope everyone's taken away something from our conversation today. Yeah. You know, write this down. 
<laughs> I mean, when you think about it, it's just common sense, too. So, you know, practice a little bit, put in some effort, and you can do well at your tournaments, right? And Just don't give up. Be like Ash Ketchum. If Ash can win, if Ash can do it, you can do it. Believe in yourself. It was really cool, like, a lot of the official Pokemon accounts, like Pokemon's Twitter, uh, Junichi Masuda as well, he tweeted about Ash winning too. It was super cool. Yeah, that's really fun, because, like, uh, he doesn't have any tie to Ash now, does he? I don't think so. I don't think he does much work with the uh, animation or any of that. Yeah, so that's just, like, really fun. Like just... The anime, the anime, not, like, the game animations. That's yeah, different. Yeah. He probably but, uh, has some say and in input, but anyway, I think that's our show here. I think so, too. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We're going to go through all the places you can find us. You can send us some comments, feedback, and questions to our email to you can find me BGC in Hyper Voice at the locals. What? You said you all you the say? places you can. You you said all the places you could find us, and you can find me at the Chicago locals. Yeah, Alex really will be there. Located. I'm going to come out when I'm ready and available in terms of my schedule but uh-huh we'll see when that is yeah yeah yeah. sword and shield you know i'll be up more that'll be actually be exciting so mm-hmm. uh anyway you can uh send us all those things to the email vgchyperplays at gmail.com you can also find us on podbean itunes google play and spotify where on iTunes, you can leave us a review. It helps with visibility for others to discover our show. And in terms of show discovery, you can also tell the sh- tell your friends about us as well. Uh, if there's something you think they would enjoy, please share that with them. You can also find our show on Facebook, at our Facebook group, and on Twitter, at The Hyper Voice. Now, Alex, people can also follow the both of us personally as well. As well, excuse me. You can follow me at SuperMorioka. And Alex, where can people follow you? You can follow me at LexiconVGC. Fantastic. Thank you all once again so much for listening to our show. We hope you've enjoyed it. And stay tuned for more of the Hyper Voice. Oh, I should have said you could rage powder at LexiconVGC. Huh? I don't follow. Yeah, because follow me. Rage pop. Alola. <laughs> no, I don't follow. I'll, I'll, I was just gonna say like I have probably I have safety goggles on. That's why. Oh, didn't didn't, didn't grass, get me. You're a grass type. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Anyway, anyway, Alola, everybody. Alola. Wait, no, that's my thing. Alola. <laughs>